Before Christmas, last year before Advent, we were looking together at the Lord's Prayer, prayer that we know so well. It's a prayer that came in response to Jesus' prayers, and the disciples saw how Jesus prayed, and they recognized there was something radically different between Jesus' prayers and all the other prayers that they'd ever learned, they'd ever known, they'd ever seen in anybody else. Jesus prayed in a way that brought results, that, that brought change and transformation into their lives as disciples, but also into, through Jesus, into the lives of the people that Jesus met. And they said, Lord, Luke 11 verse 1, teach us to pray. We want to pray like you pray. And Jesus then said, well, don't pray. If you want to pray like me, then don't pray like anybody else that you see. This is how you should pray. And he gave this example. He said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You remember this one? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We know it as the Lord's Prayer. Sometimes we change a few of the words from debts to trespasses and so on. But we know the prayer so well. It's one of the first prayers that we are taught and that we learn. And we've been looking together, haven't we? It says, this is how you should pray, our Father in heaven. Firstly, it's our Father. It's not just me and God. It includes all of us. And He's our Father. We can only come to Him because of the relationship that we have with Him. It's not our God who is in heaven. It's our Father. We have to have that relationship with Him to be able to come into His presence and pray. Our Father. And he says, it's not our Father who's here on earth, it's our Father who is in heaven, and heaven is the place where he's going to answer your prayer from. So he's not restricted by the restrictions that we face on earth. The answer is coming from heaven. It's like uh, my car breaks down. Actually, we were trying to, let me give you a real example this week. We were trying to fix the intercom on the front of the church here because every time you pick the phone up and somebody's at the door, all you can hear is this high-pitched screeching through the phone. And the guy said to us, we phoned up the company, and the guy said, you know what, it's, it's a bit out of date now and you probably need to replace it or change it. And we thought, well, why don't we change it with one of the other intercoms that we don't use and we can change them over. So we had a look at it and thought, well, okay, let's, let's see what we can do. So I, I went up and I had a look and I, I looked closer and closer and it has circular like bolts in it. They are tamper-proof. They're circular. And I'm thinking, how do you put a, like a, a screwdriver that's circular in a circular thing? Because if you just turn it, it'll go around in circles. But there is a little kind of notch that's slightly further down. And so you need a special tool to do it. That's why it's tamper-proof. That's why nobody can just take it off the wall and then get access to the building. Now, I don't have one of those. I searched the whole of the internet. Even Amazon 
doesn't have one of those. Only the manufacturers of that particular intercom have the right key to get into it to be able to take it off and change it from another one. And it's the same in our prayer life with God, right? We, we don't have the answers here, but God doesn't come from here. He comes from heaven. He has all the resources to be able to answer your prayer. Not because he, he's not confined to the things around us. Like I was confined to Amazon, my toolbox, the toolbox here at the church and everything else, and I still didn't have it. But God is like that manufacturer in that sense. He has everything. So he can answer our prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Lord, we're going to lift your name. We're going to focus on you first. This is not about me. This is about you. And our reason for praying is that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If we're not praying with that in mind, if it's just for me, the answer is going to be no. But if I'm praying saying, Lord, I need the resources from heaven to bring about your kingdom here on earth. If I'm walking with you, I'm doing what you're asking me to do, but I run out of resources. Lord, I need the resources to do this. Then I'm praying in accordance with the name of Jesus. If you pray in my name, according to my will, according to my character, then the answer is going to be yes. So when we pray, we need to make sure we're praying in accordance with God's kingdom coming. Your will be done. His will being done here on earth as it is in heaven. And then last time we, we said, well, then we need the resources. Then we focus on give us this day our daily bread. Lord, I need the things that I need to bring about your kingdom for today, not for tomorrow or the next day or the next day. But what I need right now, Lord, I'm going to pray. Just like the people of Israel in the wilderness had to collect the manna every day. We've done that. We've covered those. They'll be online if you want to go back and look. But today we're going to look at this next bit. And forgive us our debts or our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass or our debtors, trespass against us. Out of the Lord's Prayer, we'll come on to this a bit later, but this is the only part of the Lord's Prayer that Jesus amplifies later. Straight after the Lord's Prayer, he goes back to this one clause in it, and he explains it further. This is important. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now, we'd love it if it was just that first line, wouldn't we? God, forgive us, forgive me the things that I do wrong. The ways that I don't measure up to your standards, to your will for my life. Just forgive me. Wipe it clean. But Jesus here puts a caveat that we don't really like, right? Honestly. Forgive me as I forgive others. Now, there's a lot of people that I don't mind forgiving. Guy cuts me up in the car. I might be angry with him for a few moments, but by supper time, when there's food on the table, I'll have forgotten all about it. I'll forgive him. Somebody pushes in front of me in a queue in Tesco's, I'll forgive them. I'm a pastor. I can do that. But there are times where people really hurt. And when that happens, forgiveness is not easy. 
There are times where we've become vulnerable to people, where we've opened ourselves up to people, and we feel like people have stabbed us in the back, right? Those are the people that are not easy to forgive. Forgiveness is not easy. Because forgiveness really means to give up a debt. That's what it means. It means like you have somebody does something to you that's not right. You know what I'm talking about. They, they've, they've hurt you and it's not, it's not justified, it's not right. And they sort of walk away and they leave you and you're fuming, right? What happens? Well, inside of you, what happens is that there's this kind of pain and there's this void and there's this sense of injustice. And you say, this is not right. And it probably isn't right. What they've done to me is not fair. They didn't treat me. I was, I was vulnerable. I was open with them. And they just abused that. And it's not fair. And that's true. But forgiveness says, even though they owe me, I'm going to give it up. I'm going to give up the debt. I'm not, I'm not going to call it in. I'm not going to allow it to fester there. I'm just going to let it go. We'll come back to that in a little while. That's what forgiveness is all about. Now, there's a couple of things we need to understand. Forgiveness is not the same as reconciliation. Forgiveness is unilateral. Which I mean by, you can, I can forgive anybody. It's my choice. Reconciliation requires two people. Reconciliation is about the relationship being joined back together, right? Let me explain it like this. Oh, let me go back. Oh, no, let me carry on. On the cross, Jesus said in Luke 23, 34, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing, right? They don't know what they're doing. Jesus, on the cross, gave unilateral forgiveness to everybody, the whole of humanity, right? He said, Father, forgive them. They haven't got a clue what they're up to. That was Jesus could go that far. But what God wants from all of us is here in 2 Corinthians 5.20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Just because Jesus offers forgiveness doesn't mean to say that the forgiveness then heals the relationship. There needs to be a reconciliation, right? I have an argument with Enika. Enika has an argument with me. We fall out. We sit on opposite sides of the church when we come to worship, right? We've had a big argument. Now, I can forgive her, but if she doesn't forgive me, there can be no reconciliation. Reconciliation requires the two people to say, I'm going to let this go for the sake of the relationship, and then we can walk back together, right? You see the difference? Jesus in the Lord's Prayer doesn't say for us to be reconciled. He says forgiveness. 
Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who debt against us, who trespass against us. Now, the Bible, and particularly the family of God, the Bible says that's the starting point, and we pray that it will work towards reconciliation. But it doesn't say that in the Lord's Prayer. We have to recognize that there's a difference between the two. Does that make sense? Secondly, forgiveness is critical. Forgiveness is absolutely critical. Let me explain why. This bit comes directly after the Lord's Prayer. I said Jesus amplifies it. Forever and ever, amen. And then Jesus carries on. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Let that sink in for a moment. What Jesus says, what the Scripture says, is that if you do not forgive others, don't even bother coming to God and asking God to forgive you. He's not going to do it. Now the question is why, isn't it? Why? That's, I mean, that's extreme, right? If you can't forgive others, not be reconciled, but can't forgive other people that have really hurt you, he says God will not forgive you. This is why it's so important. This is why it's critical. The question is why? Why? Why is it such a big deal to God? Why? Why do I have to forgive others in a sense, before or as Christ forgives me. Why is it linked together? Why doesn't God say, I'll forgive you, and then out of that grace, why don't you try and forgive everybody else? He doesn't say that. He says, if you don't forgive them, I'm not going to forgive you. Let me see if I can explain. Matthew 18, Jesus expands this whole thing with a parable. And the parable goes like this. There was once this guy that owned a million pounds. And he had no way to pay this off. He couldn't pay the money. There was not a chance. He couldn't work it off. He, 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 had a, he was a pastor. He wasn't paid very much, right? He had a, and he had this debt of a million pounds. So there's no way he could have worked his whole life and he couldn't pay it off. So the guy that he owed the money to called him in and said, hey, I want my money. And he said, I, I can't pay. Like I, I made these bad deals and I owe you all this money, but there's not a chance. I can't pay. And he falls on his knees before this guy and he says, just have mercy. I just can't do it. And the guy says, I should throw you in a prison because you defaulted on this. We made a contract and a deal and you've, you've just ignored it. I should throw you in a prison for the rest of your life. But he said, I'm telling you what, I'm going to let you off. And the guy goes out and he, he goes, I can't believe it. Like he's, he's literally wiped out. He's forgiven me. He's wiped out the debt, right? I'm free. And he goes out and he, 
he wanders along and he sees a guy, another person, who owes him a hundred pounds. He says, do you remember that hundred I lent you? Pay up. And the guy said, I ain't got a hundred. I mean, I'll get it for you. He said, no, you've had long enough. That's it. You're coming with me. We signed a contract. You've broken your contract. You're coming with me. And he took him to the police station. And he said, arrest this guy. He's broken his contract. He's, he should be in prison. And as Jesus tells this story, the first guy who's let this one off the million pounds gets to hear about how this guy goes out and he asks, right? You know the story. And this is what it says at the end. In anger, his master, the guy that lent him the million, handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed, which means forever, right? Look at verse 35. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Like, Why is it so important? Well, firstly, because it's commanded of us. It's the way it works. Jesus said, unless you are prepared to do this, unless you actually do it, forgive them from the core of you, from your heart. It's not going to work. You're not going to receive that forgiveness from God. You see, if you don't have forgiveness from God... There are massive consequences. If you don't have forgiveness from God, what happens? Your prayers are not answered because he's not listening. There's no Holy Spirit flowing through you because you've blocked it. You can come, you can sing, you can praise, you can do whatever you like, but you're not going to go anywhere in the relationship because you're blocking the relationships. There's a distance and a barrier that you build between yourself and God. It has huge consequences. A lack of forgiveness. The other thing that happens... And this is why it's so critical, is that it will severely, as I've just said, limit your relationship with God. During Christmas and New Year, we met up with some friends and we, uh, they got a couple of dogs, took them for a walk. We met up with them out in, in the Chiltern Hills and we got out, the weather was mild, wasn't it? And we went out and had a nice walk with them. And, and partway through the walk, they gave me one of the dogs, young dogs, right? Full of energy. And we had to cross a road and go through a bit of a field the other side with, with, uh, with some sheep in it. So I had to put the dog on the leash. So we put the dog on the leash, and this dog was just straining at the leash. Why? Because it wasn't its natural environment, right? It wanted to be free. It wanted to run. It wanted to just go everywhere. If you've ever taken a young dog for a walk, they do about 10 times the amount of walking that you do, right? They just off and back and off and back. Because and that's, that's what they are. That's who they are. But we had to keep it on the leash. And as soon as, you know, the, the owner said, it's okay now, let it off. 
And it was pulling and pulling, so I could hardly unclip the thing because it was just so eager to get away. And then off it went, happy and free. And that is what unforgiveness will do in your relationship with God. You'll be like you're on a little leash. And Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it all, all its fullness, but you will never, ever experience that because he will never let you off the leash. You'll see it and want it, but you won't be able to experience it because you will be tied. You will tie yourself to that tiny little leash. And it will forever be something you see others experiencing and never yourself. There are huge consequences. In Hebrews 12, 15, it calls it a bitter root. A bitter root. And it says, cut it out. If, you've been, if you came through the front, you'll see that we're clearing the whole of the front of the church there. For various reasons. But the guys, the gardeners that are coming to do it, you know, most of it, if it's just tiny little plants... They'll just say, well, we'll put a rotavator over it and that'll clear it all. But there are some trees out there. And they have to dig down because they've been left and the roots have gone deep and deep and deep and deep. And I was watching them last couple of days working out there, sweating in this weather, sweating they were, digging down, trying to get the roots, trying to uncover it and see how, where they can cut it out. And if you leave unforgiveness, if you leave that debt and you allow it to grow, it's like that. It will grow and it will go deeper and deeper and deeper and it will get harder and harder and harder. That's why the word says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Deal with it. In Ephesians 4, he says this, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. You see, forgiveness goes from the physical to the spiritual. If we do not forgive other people, we grieve the Holy Spirit. We sadden the Holy Spirit in our lives because we don't let the Holy Spirit flow in the way that the Spirit wishes to. And conversely, when you offer, when you release these things to God, when you give forgiveness, it frees the Holy Spirit to do the work the Holy Spirit longs to do in you and in me. This is how you can tell if the forgiveness is real. When you think about the person, you have bitterness and rage and anger. You want to punch their lights out? Or perhaps even more, do you gossip about them? When you see others, does it keep coming up in conversation about what they did to you? Do you try and denigrate their character because of the pain that you feel? Or are you kind and compassionate to them? It's a good 
way to tell whether you have really dealt, really let it go or not. Ephesians 4, 30 to 32. It's critical we forgive others. And thirdly, not just because of the consequences, but because Christ has forgiven you and me. You see, how can I receive the forgiveness of Christ if I'm not willing to forgive others? I've said to you before, Matthew 22, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So we are to be channels, right? Connected to the Father through Jesus by the Holy Spirit and connected to people. Loving them, being channels of the grace of God, the power of God, the Holy Spirit of God from the Father through us and into others. But what happens if I have unforgiveness? This is where it doesn't work. I can't receive the forgiveness that comes from God if I can't let it flow into others, right? We are to be channels of God's grace. As we receive from Christ, as we model what Christ has done for us, we have to do that through other people. And so we have to allow the forgiveness to flow through us. Now forgiveness, if you forgive someone, it's not saying it's okay, right? You need to understand. It's not, think about Jesus. Does Jesus say your sin doesn't matter? No. Does Jesus say it's okay that you have sinned and therefore nailed him to a cross? No. Does Jesus say that, that you know, like it, it's, it's a small thing that you've done? No. He said your sin, your, your debt caused Jesus, my debt caused Jesus to hang on that cross and to die the most horrible of deaths to win us forgiveness. It's not saying it's a trivial thing and it doesn't matter, I'm going to forgive you because it's nothing. No, I'm going to forgive you because it's everything. Because I do not want the consequences I do not want to pretend to be a believer in Jesus Christ that receives Christ's forgiveness but never passes it on to the hardest people that I need to forgive. Jesus says, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have debts against us. You see, as I forgive others, I model Jesus' forgiveness for me. And if I don't forgive, then I don't really know what it cost Jesus to forgive me. That's why it's such a big deal in the Scriptures. 
Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. How do we do it? First, acknowledge that it hurts. Don't pretend it's anything less than it really is. When people hurt you, they really hurt you. And it's not fair. And it is unjust. And it hurts, and it goes deep, and it hurts for a very long time. And sometimes some, some pains we have to live with, and they won't go away. In the same way that Jesus, when he went through Gethsemane and the cross, why does he still have the handprints? Why does he still have the nail prints and the piercing in his in his side because it it costs acknowledge that and then think think it through what what happened why why what can i learn from this you have to kind of a good way of doing this is just to write down the whole thing for yourself no one else just write it down Write down the, the pain that you feel. Write it just to, to help think it through for yourself. Acknowledge the depth to which you're hurting. But then remember God's forgiveness. However much someone hurts me, it's nothing to what Jesus went through. However much someone has hurt you, it doesn't compare to what Jesus went through on the cross. He had the pain and the rejection of the whole world. He had every single sin laid upon him. Think about the cross. And that out of that, out of that, the greatest injustice in human history, he cried, Father, forgive them. And then reflect on the command. Reflect on the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Father, I can't receive your forgiveness unless I'm willing to let go of these other things. The people that have trampled on top of me, the people that have caused me so much harm and so much pain. Father, help me to let it go. And in the Greek, it's a continuous verb. Keep on doing it. It says, keep on forgiving our debtors as as or our debts as we keep on forgiving our debtors. Keep on doing it. It's not going to be a one prayer thing. You have to keep working at it. Lord, I've forgiven this person. And then these feelings will come back again. Lord, no, I've forgiven this person. Lord, I've let it go. I've let it go. I'm going to let it go again and again and again and again and again if I have to. Because I don't want to live with a leash around me. I want to live with the fullness of God. 
I want to live with the blessing of God. I want to live in tune with Christ, in tune with the Holy Spirit, in tune with the Father. Keep letting go of the hurt and continue to forgive the other person and the situation. Even if they don't seek reconciliation, let it go so that you're not carrying this, this baggage in your life that limits you. And lastly, I think this is how you know when it's really over. If you can sit down with someone else and pray for blessing in that person's life, then I think you know you've arrived. I don't mean blessing through gritted teeth, going, Lord, right? Not that kind of blessing. I mean real blessing. If you come to the point, and you can come to that point where you honestly pray, Lord, I just want you to bless this person. I want you to, I want them to be just, help them. No caveats. No, if they do this, or if they seek reconciliation, or if they ask for forgiveness, or whatever. No, no. Lord, they're a child of God made in your image. Just bless them. Help them. If you can do that with a clear heart, a clear spirit, with a genuineness and an honesty, then you know you've really forgiven. Forgiveness is not easy. But then the consequences of a heart that has got unforgiveness within it are serious. You want to go through your life on a little leash, knowing that you're never going to be forgiven by God because you won't forgive? You want to go through life not experiencing everything that God has in store for you? Do, you? do you want to go through life restricted and held back because of the injustice of someone else? Let it go. Give it to God. Let Him sort it out and be free. Graceful, can you play, please? And as Graceful plays, let's just have a few moments It's the start of a new year. Lots of resolutions get made. If there's one thing I could encourage you today, more than anything else, if you have any situation in your life, any person that you haven't forgiven, let give it to God today. Start. Battle. Say, Father, forgive them. Forgive them, forgive them, forgive them. It hurts. I feel ripped apart. 
But Lord, I don't want to live, as Ephesians said, with bitterness and anger and malice. I don't want to keep having these people in my head, in my life. Lord, help me to forgive them. Lord, help me to forgive myself for carrying things that I shouldn't carry. I want your grace to overflow me today. Let's just spend some time in quiet prayer today. His graceful praise. Asking God for his forgiveness to flow through us. Lord, help me to release to you those that have trespassed against me.
was blind, but now I see. Was grace that tore my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear? set free my God my Savior has ransomed me and like a flood his mercy reigns unending love amazing His word, my hope, secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. You know, when you give it to Christ. His word is sure. He said, all those who come to me, I will give you rest. You don't have to carry this burden any longer. He says they're forgiven. And I will send my spirit to help you to release these chains. My chains are gone. I've been set free. God, my Savior, He ransomed me. And like a flood through the Holy Spirit, His mercy will reign in your life. His unending love, His amazing grace becomes a reality. That's why we need to let this go. that you would help us to be channels of your grace to others. That's what it means to be ambassador, as you said in Ephesians 4. That where we see other people on a leash that are, that are tied back 
in their lives because of bitterness and anger and, and the hurt that has been caused to them or by them to others. May we be channels of your grace to help them release that and so receive that grace from you. So they may be set free. Thank you. We praise you. We lift all these prayers for ourselves and for others in the name of Christ. Amen.